Good morning. Hey, good morning, Isaac, and welcome, everyone, to Take the Word for It with Pastors Pat Lynn and Isaac Johnson. Uh, Isaac, how are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. And yourself? I am, I'm doing great. I am sitting on my back porch um, overlooking the woods here, having a look out. Uh, there's a little peek through to the water from where I'm at, and so uh, it's a beautiful day in Washington, blue skies. And um, God is good. Uh, I think today we're going to talk about um, an interesting topic, and or at least an interesting title. Uh, it, the title of today's show is "The Gift of Conflict." And when you sent me that idea, I kind of had an inner chuckle because I I don't like conflict at all. Um, you know, I. I don't know about you personally. Is, is conflict something you enjoy? Uh, not. I don't know that too many people enjoy it simply because most of our early experiences with conflict are negative because we are just raised by imperfect people. But uh, I really, as a, as a counselor for years and just working with people, I, I see the value in conflict. So. Mm-hmm. You you might have to explain that one to me here uh, momentarily. I, as a, a primarily a stay-at-home dad, uh, I have three little kids, and this morning I was watching my daughters, who uh, one of them had her third birthday yesterday, and uh, the other one is turning five soon. And they argued over everything possible this morning. If I didn't give them something to do, you know, as as soon as one of them had a toy, the other one wanted it. And I, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, is, at what point in time do I send you to your rooms? So maybe my conflict, you know, level this morning's different than it is as we get older. But certainly uh, conflict is something you see. Uh, all through skip scripture, and today we're not even talking about how to resolve conflict, right? I want to, want to, I guess we want to be clear as we start with that. You're not going to get conflict resolution in here, even though you might get that, you know, in our next episode. But, but today about the fact that you really believe that conflict is actually a gift, and um, you know, as I was reading through and looking at the word in this, just thinking about. Um, scriptures that came to mind, and and the one that actually came to to mind the most for me was Romans eight twenty eight, uh, which says that and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purposes. Um, now this might not have necessarily been in the context of conflict; it was actually in the context of struggle um, for the people that Paul is writing this to at the Roman church. Uh, but it does say in all things that God is working for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so then I started thinking back about <clears throat> conflicts in the Bible. Um, and there's some massive conflict stories in the Bible, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and some that came to mind were just like Abraham, every time he visited Egypt, would get into a conflict. Typically it was over his wife because he did not tell the truth. Um, mm-hmm. But he ends up leaving Egypt with goods and spoils, as God likes to spoil his people in, in every instance. Uh, you have Israel in the Exodus, certainly a conflict there when God calls Moses to go uh, and, 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 and free his people, and Pharaoh doesn't want to. And 
Um, the Bible even says that God actually hardens Pharaoh's heart, right, mm-hmm. um, so that he could accomplish uh, what he wanted to. But the the Israelites end up leaving um, Egypt with a loot of of riches, you know, as they head out, and so that that con- conflict ends up in their favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the Babylonian exile, um, and I started thinking about this, you know, and and this massive thing that happens in, in Israel and Judah being taken over and taken into slavery for 75 years in Babylonia. And, and what's interesting about that conflict wise is that the Lord tells Habakkuk or Habakkuk, um, you know, in, in the very early chapters of that book that he's going to use uh, another people, you know, that he's going to use the Babylonians to 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 punish his people because they won't walk back into righteousness. Um, and then I think the ultimate and crowning conflict of Scripture is really what happens at the cross. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think about that theologically, you think, <clears throat> you know, that uh, there is a conflict between good and evil, between Satan and the Lord from the very beginning, and the, and the Lord... You know, we see, we know that he has control and that he wins in the end. Um, it, but the cross is where victory happens in that conflict. And <laughs> so even everything leading up to Jesus being crucified on the cross with his arrest and his testimony before Pilate, um, you know, and all these different things, and, and Peter pulling a sword and chopping off a Roman's ear and Jesus saying no and letting all these things happen, he used that conflict uh, for his good to accomplish his purposes on the cross. So, having identified, excuse me, a few of those things, my question for you today is this. Um, when it comes to personal relationships, uh, if conflict causes so many problems in relationships, Isaac, why do you think God created it? Why does he allow it? Well, you just see, even in the situation with God and Satan, you know, God is, it's not like it's a fair fight. Isaac, but are you God, still there? Oh, can you hear me? Yep, I lost you for a second. I'm sorry. Okay, um, no problem. But could you go ahead and start over with that for us? Sure. Yeah, so even with uh, the the whole situation, when you look back at the, from the beginning of time with, with God and then the fall of, of Satan, um, God could have just wiped him out, and, and yet God allowed that conflict to continue because God was saying, I'm going to raise up man who is imperfect to defeat Satan. I don't even have to do it. I'm gonna, so God is already initiating, creating conflict. Um, to 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 create um, uh, you know something really really cool to usher in Jesus the need for Jesus so when we look at it since, since science backs up the Bible in relationships God uh, you know we think of conflict as bad because we look at it only from the negative perspective based on how it feels most people don't like how conflict feels it gets our heart rate up it it feels negative but when you look at it from God's perspective who is not as feelings-oriented and more purpose-driven, then you begin to see conflict from a, a healthier perspective. And like Gottman, for example, who's kind of like the guru of, of marriage, he's done all this research over the last 20 years, he says that marriages um, need a certain level of conflict to be healthy. 
which is a weird statement. In fact, when couples come and talk to me and say, oh, we haven't fought in like three weeks or three months, I'm like, if that's abnormal, something's brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, so God created uh, conflict because he wants us to always have kind of a simmering tension in relationships to um, keep us comfortably uncomfortable because he says, you know, if we're lukewarm, he will spew us, spew us out. He, he, lukewarm doesn't do us any good in any context. And so that first thing is just saying that God, God initiates, he created conflict. It, there's a purpose behind it that we want to pay attention to. And, it, and then if we look practically just in, in whether it's a, a conflict with a coworker, a spouse, a friend, um, conflict accomplishes, you know, three or four really good things. Um, the first one is, is conflict brings hidden issues to the surface. So a lot of times when we're arguing with somebody, we are um, we're fighting about surface level things like you know you forgot to pick up the milk on the way home or or you you know didn't come to work on time or whatever the issue is but the deeper thing that's probably not being addressed comes to the surface oftentimes like oh you don't feel respected oh you don't feel heard oh that I hurt your feelings you know so without the agitation kind of like how a diamond is formed a lot of those things wouldn't come to the surface. They wouldn't get noticed. And and piggybacking off of that, we tend to get upset about things that we care about. So conflict also has the added advantage of revealing to us things that we care about. Like, I didn't know I was so passionate about that till we started having an argument about it, um, sure. whether it be politics. Yeah, yeah so, uh, you know, those are just some good things. And then also conflict reveals um, our style of communicating with, you know, because we're going to have to communicate with people and we all have a style. And so a lot of times I don't really, I remember being in a situation with a boss of mine years ago and I was like, I couldn't figure her out. And as we had more conflict, I began to realize, oh, if I just do it this way, then she is able to do her part this way. So I didn't like the process, but I liked the results. And and conflict, again, was the only way to get to the source of that because it wasn't like we didn't know each other well enough to just sit down and just say, what's your style? What's your style? Um, we tend to find that out, and we see that a lot in marriage as well. And then the last thing conflict produces that we don't think about, too, is intimacy. We we are, you know, a lot of people, I like what one lady said one time to her husband where she said, I don't like having the hard conversations, but I'm glad you're willing to have them with me. Um, so conflict has this way of drawing us closer together, of getting to the deeper things where we actually feel more connected. You see people who have been in combat together, they develop these close relationships that you just can't create in other experiences. And marriage is is very similar to that or or working with somebody in close quarters. So shared pain is actually what draws us together. The the negative memories are the things that we hold on to and remember the most in life. Positive things are fun, but they don't mature us. And so God created agitation to draw us to him first and foremost, but to draw us to one another when it says confess 
your sins to one another that you might be healed. Healing is the promise. Confession is the conflict part of it. You know, that's the part that's agitating. Or as iron sharpens iron, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. so one sharpens another. Again, that agitation. So before we can talk about how to resolve conflict, you have to be able to see the value or you won't want to take the next step. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. Uh, that there, and, and there is, there certainly is when you bring up, you know, iron sharpening iron, there certainly is value in the fact that, uh, that, that conflict, that, um, I mean, you know, and, and even, even conflict of, the idea of maybe not getting, not not agreeing with someone who's a spiritual authority in your life, or not agreeing with someone who's, who who's say your boss, right, with something they've asked you to do, and having to follow through with that, that that produces a maturity and and, and a rubbing off, a sharpening um, of those those edges that might allow you to see things in a way that you've not seen before. That's I think that's very uh, powerful picture that you're painting right there. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, and I I just saying, too, that when you look throughout history, you'll never see a period of peace that was not preceded by conflict. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I think that's, that's actually very true as well. Um, let me ask you this, then, without going into the idea of resolving conflict or trying to fix conf- conflict, what, what if you're someone who, you know, like absolutely just hates getting into conflict? I know a lot of people who um, can't bring themselves to confront somebody about an issue or to bring something up or, uh, you know, publicly, certainly not publicly, certainly like at a family event or something like that, they wouldn't want to talk about something that's controversial because they don't want things to happen. Um, are, are you, what, what would you say to that person if they're kind of holding on to things, you know, rather than getting them out, if, if getting them out actually has a purpose? Yeah, it's the, you have to reframe it in your mind to see it as, um, it's a need, not a, a desire. Like, cause a lot of times we, if it's a desire, we just go, I don't feel like it. And then I don't want to do it. I don't feel like sharing this with somebody because I'm worried about what what the, the consequences might be. But if we see conflict as, I always say that 90% of the conversations you have are for you. You need to get the crazy out. You need to say the negative things that um, not just to be mean, but to get them from being toxic inside of you. And you also need to see that nothing is going to happen in neutral. So if you don't do anything, you know exactly what will happen. Nothing. Mm. In fact, mm. it will probably get worse because now you're creating this uncertain, um, weird connection. You know, with, where we all feel that tension where you go into a situation. They, you know, you don't know what they're thinking. They don't know what you're thinking. But it feels uneasy, and so conflict breaks the ice. It, 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 it you know, so the. I can't make somebody feel comfortable with conflict. That's not the point. If you think you're going to ever get to a place where you feel comfortable with conflict, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. But if you see it as it's purposeful, it always produces fruit. It's like going to the dentist, going to the doctor. I don't like doing it, but it, it, it's preventative. It keeps things from building and building. I don't want the volcano. I, I want the little 
steam coming off the mountain. I don't want Mount yep. St. Helens. So changing the paradigm of what its purpose is changes the outcome of what the conflict is. I like that. And, um, and, and may bring some deeper motivation in us, because I always say the why motivates the try. So if you kind of can understand why you're doing what you're doing, you, you then are often more willing to do it. That's good. That is good. Well, uh, the verse for today, the word for today was Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes, and the uh, topic has been conflict as a gift. I uh, suppose uh, next week we'll be conflict resolution. Uh, this has been Pat Lynn and Isaac Johnson. I enjoyed our time with you. Be blessed. All right. See you later.